You're listening to episode 137 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is Patterns of the Journey based on Deuteronomy 28. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I have a background in theology and a love for travel. Having visited nine different countries and served in five congregations, I wanted to create an environment that discusses and encourages the overlap of my two favorite things, the Lord and travel. And if you have a passion for these things, or wanting to learn how God is such an integral part of our daily adventures, then you've come to the right place. Today's topic is Patterns of the Journey based on Deuteronomy 28. Today we're going to talk about a pattern that happens when we travel, whether we want to admit it or not. And honestly, it's a little bit uncomfortable. We go through this pattern and cycle very similar to what the Israelites did or were warned of doing in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. Oftentimes we overlook this pattern. And to begin to give you an example of what this pattern might look like in your travels, let me tell an awkward and embarrassing travel story. So in high school, I got selected to go on a trip to China. And while I was there, I got to visit the Great Wall. It was this beautiful place that had um, amazing architecture, rich history, and walking alongside of it, we were admiring just how awesome this was. I know that when you're in the space shuttle looking from outside of Earth down, that you can see this great wall. So to be actually on it, that seemed pretty significant. But one of the other things that was happening while we were walking along this wall was we were observing the culture that we were in, a place so different from our own. And at the time, I know Crocs are back in trend here in the United States at the moment, but at that time, Crocs had just fallen off the wayside. That season had come and gone. But in Asia, they were trending big time. And as high schooler me trying to be cooler and also reflecting on the fact that I kind of regretted my croc season, I had picked up on the fact that these people were wearing crocs. And I'd kept this thought to myself for a really long time until I overheard some friends walk by and comment on just how amazing her Crocs were. But they said it was such a thick accent that I didn't process the fact that they understood English, even though that should have been really obvious. And so I turn to my friend and I say, have you noticed that all these Asians wear Crocs? And I said it in a tone that was scoffing, probably making fun of them. And at that moment, we were still in ear range of these other individuals. They all stop and look at us like, 
you terrible Americans making fun of people yet again. (laughs) And I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. And we, we had this moment of like a stare down battle. And then I wanted to get out of that situation as quick as I could. So I turned around and I hightailed it out of there. And my friend said that as we parted ways and continued on our routes, that they shouted over their shoulder, They're comfortable! Do you recognize the pattern here? It's one that I think a lot of us fall into of joy and regret. And it happens all the time, whether we're traveling on vacation or we're traveling to work or we're just going through everyday life. And it's so easy for that regret to continue to taunt us. The fact that several years later, 10 plus years later, I'm still telling this story it tells you that that was a really significant moment when that pattern happened in my life. Joy and regret, words and consequences. That pattern happens time in and time again. And today we're looking at Deuteronomy 28 when Moses is warning them that there is a pattern, that there is consequences for actions. Uh, If we recap with me for a moment, over the past several weeks, we've been looking at different times in scripture when God uses the word journey to give us a better understanding of what God thinks of travel. As we've gone through scripture, starting in Genesis, working into Deuteronomy now, we've followed the stories of Isaac and of Jacob and of Joseph in the coat of many colors, and now we're following the story of Moses, and he has led the people out of Egypt their 11 days from their desired destination, and he is giving his final sermon before uh, the people will continue to the promised land. Moses won't get to go because he doesn't, um, because he committed a sin on their journey, and that sin had a consequence, the consequence being He never gets to set foot in the promised land. He'll have seen it in his lifetime from a mountaintop, but he will never set foot there. And so he's reminding the Israelites as he says his farewells that there are some things that need to stick with you. Um, Some things about we need to remember the mistakes of our ancestors. When you settle in the comforts of the promised land, instead of continuing in this traveling nomadic life. You need to remember who's still in charge, that it isn't you. And he's reminding them all of these things. And in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he lists off if the Israelites follow the commands of the Lord, if they obey the Ten Commandments and hold to these expectations of the Lord, there will be blessings for them. They will be fruitful and they will multiply. They will be blessed in the field with their work and toil their herds and their livestock. They'll be blessed at home while making bread. Their enemies will fall. All of the people will recognize that they are children of the Lord and will fear them. And the Lord will reign on their lands and bless the work of their hands. 
and they will have be so bountiful that they'll be able to lend and uh, they will not borrow. But on the other hand, if they do not obey the voice of the Lord and are careful to follow his commands, they will be cursed. Cursed in the field, they will be cursed while making bread, they will not be fruitful in the womb, they will be confused and frustrated. There will be pestilence in the land. There will be boils on their skin and flesh. They shall have children and grandchildren who will not remain theirs. They'll end up in captivity. There will be sieges against their lands and their enemies will overtake them. And they shall end up in lands where they worship stone and wood uh, for gods. They will not be the god that they have known or their ancestors have known. And in verse 66, it says, Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, If only it were evening. In the evening you shall say, If only it were morning. Because of the dread that your heart shall feel and the sights your eyes shall see. And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised that you would never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female servants, but there will be no buyer. When we first look at this, it is so tempting to think that this is a message of prosperity gospel. If you follow the ways of the Lord, you will have wealth and blessings and abundance. But if you don't follow the ways of the Lord, you will be cursed and you will lose everything. But this isn't what's actually happening in this gospel. Yes, there's blessings for following the Lord and there are curses for not following him. But this is blessings and curses of the old covenant. So right there, this just tells you that when there was a covenant in the old days um, between two people, there was typically a blessing and a curse attached to it. And so the Lord is using that same language, that same reminder to the people and spelling out for them, this is what you're signing up for by being my child. I have blessings for you and I have curses. Uh, you follow these rules, great. If you don't follow these rules, there are consequences. And we know that these consequences are things that mean that they're going to fall short and will ultimately lead to the new covenant, to Jesus coming and dying for their sins, our sins, and the sins of future generations. And he pay, Jesus pays for that all on the cross. So if this is a blessing and curse of the old covenant, how does that even apply to us today? Well, remember that pattern that I was talking about, the joy and the regret that I experienced in my travels? This is very similar to what the Israelites are hearing right now. They're hearing the blessings and the curses, and in the following chapters, after the curses, you, you hear once again about the blessings. It's kind of like a little bit of a sandwich going on. And it's this constant back and forth between the two. 
which in our world we are sin is constantly wrestling our flesh is rest is wrestling with the spirit we know that from scripture and that means that we too are wrestling with the blessings and the curses of life but maybe these words mean more to you in different terms maybe it is law the commands of the lord and the gospel the promises he has for us or maybe it's the confrontation of our sins and the comfort of the lord or maybe it's the judgment of our sins and the forgiveness of our sins do you see that there is this constant tug of war between our flesh and our spirit and it's happening constantly satan is wanting to turn us from the lord and our sin does too it wants to make us the ruler the power the one in charge it wants us to break the commandments of the lord to live for ourselves and not for him and then when that regret hits when the consequences of our actions hit and we remember oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. And we return back to God with a repentant heart. We know that there is comfort and you could say blessings in that because God continues to forgive us no matter how many times we mess up. That is a blessing. That is, that is not a curse. Uh, that is a blessing and a reward and a joy that we have. As a traveler, someone wrestling with this concept of the pattern of your travels. Can you see those awkward moments of joy and regret throughout your travels, of times when you've made mistakes and you've needed God's forgiveness, where you entered into a culture and despite your best intentions, you probably came off rude and you need the Lord's forgiveness. You need um, him to forgive you and you need to ask for forgiveness from people around you and set an example of repentance, of asking for that education and that understanding so that you can better be a witness wherever you're at. I don't know where you're at today or what you're walking through, but pay attention. Pay attention for those tugs of war at the flesh and at the spirit. Those tug of war between us going on. And sometimes we can get in such tunnel vision that we don't recognize that this is happening, that our spirit is at war, and that we are struggling to understand what God has for us. And that we have to walk in a way that constantly is laying down our faults and our failures to pick up the promises of the new covenant, Christ's forgiveness and his blessings as children of God. And that doesn't mean that the Lord does not bless those that curse him or who do things against him or don't believe in him. God blesses all people but he's doing it with the intentionality of leading them to him. They just might need someone to help them see and understand that. So what is the pattern in your life right now? 
Is your pattern to sin, to repent, and to be forgiven? Or are you at a point where you sin and there is no repentance? There is no um, laying down that burden to the Lord and asking for that second chance and with the intention of not going back to that sin. I don't know where you're at right now, but I pray that when you read scripture and are confronted by your sin, that you take comfort in knowing that Christ came and he died for your sins and that thanks to him, we can start each day anew. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, I lift up these Christian travelers and the situations that they walk in. Lord, you have a pattern in this world of law and gospel, of judgment and of forgiveness, of confrontation and comfort. Please help us to walk anew in you, Lord to lay down our sins with a repentant heart, turning away from our sin and following you. Help us to learn from these Israelites that what may seem to earthly eyes as blessings and curses is an opportunity for forgiveness and repentance in the new covenant. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, Christian Travelers, I do have a closing thought and question, but before I do, I want to announce one of the most exciting things coming up in January. On January 15th, we have four awesome speakers from different areas of travel ministry who are going to be talking about the importance and significance of your travel story, how God is using that travel story. But this is not just an opportunity for them to speak. This is also an opportunity for you to connect with other Christian travelers. Four days leading up to the event, you will get to mingle and begin to build that connection. And then during the event, there will be an hour-long session where you will get to pop in and out of rooms, meeting other Christians, exchanging contact info. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of you end up planning trips to visit each other soon. And as we close out that event, we'll be announcing some exciting things coming down the pipe for Christian travelers, other opportunities to continue to connect uh, virtually and in person. So you don't want to miss this. Again, that's January 15th. The event is technically free, but if for some reason you want to attend and you are going to miss some of the sessions or if you want to be able to re-watch those sessions, well then you have the opportunity to uh, purchase a ticket that will get you access post-event. And that will only be 10 US dollars. So I uh, just wanted to share that with you. You can head to our website, christiantravelers.net, to register and to find out more details about all of the amazing workshops and things that you just do not want to miss out on. So I'm so excited to share that with you. And of course, while you're on the website, you can also find more of our latest podcast episodes and take some time to connect with us on social media and other things as well. But without further ado, my closing thought and question is this. 
At the end of Deuteronomy chapter 28, I read it for you earlier, verses 66 through 68. It talks about how the Israelites in their consequence stage will have no assurances in life and that each day they will dread and say, if only it was morning or if only it was evening, and they'll never be satisfied with the present moment. Our world is full of sin, and it's hard to deny that many of us are living for the weekend. We are complaining or saying, if only it was the weekend, if only it was Friday, if only it was hump day or Wednesday, whatever you want to call it. We live as though we can never be content in the present moment, as if we have no assurances, as if we are stuck in a consequence stage, as though everything is wrong. And our world is sinful, trust me, I know. But we are Christians, and we know that we do have an assurance, an assurance of eternity, an assurance of what comes next, an assurance that the pains and the woes of this world are not the end destination, and that as a result, we get to live differently now. If we tackled each day, rather than saying, oh Lord, if it was only the weekend, oh Lord, I, if only, you know, I was done with work for the day, if only, and said, hey Lord, what do you want me to see right now? How do you want me to serve right now? What is your purpose for me today? Would there not be more fulfillment, more joy, and more peace that even though we don't have complete control, we do have a purpose. I want you to ponder that question of how or why you truly complain or wish for a different day. And reflect on why as a Christian our response should be different or even how you want to change your response. Maybe it is something that you say all the time, oh, I'm tired. How are you? I'm tired. I'm fine. Is there a different response that we should be using as Christians or you specifically? Is there a way that we can help the world see that life is not just the consequence? It's oftentimes the comfort and the joy as well. Take a moment, share that with a friend, message me, I'd love to hear it, but whatever you do, get it out of your head and get it down on paper so that we can begin to process and reflect on what the Lord is doing. Thanks so much for listening today, and until next time, safe travels and God bless.